Welcome back, everyone, to Articast number 49. We are one away from number 50. It's getting quite exciting. Um, that is, well, the best part of 18 months we've been doing this. Today, another very interesting guest. Wallace, stop saying that. Say it every time. Um, well, I'm not going to say another non-interesting guest. I've just got to stop saying it's a very interesting guest. Today, we have Catherine. Catherine, if you'd like to say hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so. Before we get on in to another excellent episode of the R2 cast, I would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today, The Scottish Farmer. A weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the Scottish agricultural industry, whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry. The Scottish Farmer's got it for you. This is the 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 biggest collaboration in history, I would say, because... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm setting the stakes high. Setting the stakes <laughs> high. And the reason for that is, as a lot of you know, the R2 cast is sponsored by The Scottish Farmer, and Catherine is also a journalist for The Scottish Farmer. So hopefully, Ken, if you're listening, we will do you proud, which I'm very sure <laughs> at least Catherine will do you proud. Whether I will or not, <laughs> that remains to be seen. <laughs> so um, enough sort of... Uh, trying to trying to please the Scottish farmer. Uh, <laughs> Catherine, could you tell us a bit about your background? Have you, have you always sort of been in the farming industry or is it new to you? Uh, no, I've always been in it. I grew, I grew up on a farm. Um, I still live at home with my dad on the farm. Uh, I'm from an arable farm, so we have about 480 acres here um, of cereal grounds, um, which we grow, I think it's about 400 of barley, um, which goes for malting, 140 acres of oats. Um, we grow about 120 acres of Timothy hay, and I think it's about 80 acres of permanent pasture. Um, and then we went a further 220. So we're pretty busy at home. Um, and then dad and my brother um, run a, a land drainage contracting business, which you could say is our kind of form of diversification at fourth generation doing that. Um, so yeah, no, I've always kind of lived and breathed agriculture. Mum came from a stock farm, so that's kind of where I got my love for livestock. So yeah, I've I've both been <coughs> born and brought up in it. Um, it's never really left me. So yeah, no, that's kind of where I come from. <laughs> so a, a bit of everything, really. Yeah, of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. What, what did you say the total acreage was? Sorry. Uh, so we've got we own uh, we own four hundred eighty acres, um, and we rent a further two hundred and twenty. We also um, we also contract help neighbours, for example, with hay and harvest, um, more or less anything. So um, and then we've got the the drainage, which is more or less the main income for the farm and takes up a lot of a lot of the boys' time. Um, so yeah, no, we're we're really busy at home, um, and and I credit to my dad and brother that they run the entire thing. So yeah, good on them. <laughs> so, so you're not taking too much credit yourself. Oh you? no, I, I'll help in the office here and there, and I've got well, I've got my own flock of sheep as well at home. So they're kind of that's my kind of bit at home. Um, I've got a pedigree flock of blue texels. I moved away from commercials about two years ago, um, and with my job I, I see a lot of um breeds and I can kind of pick out kind of the market popularity for them and I saw blue texels were um, quite a small niche market when I started uh, just growing in popularity so 
um, I took a dive and invested in some and by Christ they've gotten a lot more popular and a lot more expensive since I've gone into them so yeah they're they're great that's my way <laughs> to me on the side of working and everything else <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot, of, a lot of people in this industry just seem to have endless things. You know? It's endless, yeah, it <laughs> work, is. Work two full-time jobs, but I've got to have something else to do. You know? <laughs> I know, and they wonder why we're always stressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly, if we're all just maniacs. Oh, um, always, I know, agreed. <laughs> uh, yeah, blue text was rising in popularity, was what I was going to say. Everyone yeah. talks about blue text was nowadays. They're if, great, they're a great breed, and, and not a lot of people knew about them. Um, I I only came across them through work, um, and when I started looking into them more, um, you come across other breeders. Um, I think I was talking to the secretary at the weekend, and she says I think there's about 160 breeders in Scotland now, compared to, I think it was about 40 about a year or two years ago in Scotland alone, so that shows how much they've grown, and um, they're really similar. Well, they're 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 descendants of the text or the light text, so they come from the same place. Um, it's just a genetic mutation of, of, the, of the black. They they've just been crossing the black over the black, and it's now a breed in itself. So um, they're a brilliant um, option for producing <coughs> fat lambs um, for the commercial people because um, they still have the same attributes as the text, so they're just a little bit thinner boned and smaller head, easier lambing. Um, Everybody will have their opinions on it, but for me, I think they're a great alternative to the other um, continental breeds out there, um, and they do well in markets. I see the prime reports come through every week, and there's always blue texels in the report, um, if not some of them top sales. So, yeah, they're becoming very popular, very popular. Everyone's going to have an opinion on everything. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, every breed that somebody's in, it's the best breeds, um, but it's what works for it's what works for everybody so yeah absolutely absolutely what what made you choose them originally and did you see them somewhere or did, did you just... um well i did a bit of um investigation work in terms of breeders in scotland who had done well at shows and sales um a lot of i'm i'm very conscious as a lot of pedigree people will be looking at the genetic side of them and buying I, I'm, you always buy if you want to buy if you want to breed quality sorry I always believe you start off buying quality um so I it was just through people I knew through work um that I managed to find um a few to start with that I bought privately um and that kind of just has been ticking over over the past few years so um yeah it's just it's just been <laughs> I say it was going to be a small hobby but it's really addictive <laughs> I was at work on at the weekend in Carlisle and had no intention of buying anything and came home with something. So it's really it's really addictive. My bank account does not thank me for it. That's got to be one of the dangers of your job, actually. Oh, it's really dangerous. <laughs> That's, I re <laughs> Sometimes I turn around and I'm like, I really don't want to go to these breed sales because it's just an encouragement for me to buy something I don't need. <laughs> um, you'll, you'll know all the, the big names as well uh, from your journalist hat on as well. So you'll be, yeah. Dangerous. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. No, it's just oh, it's <laughs> pros and cons. Um, but I mean, I uh, buy another animal. It's just one more. Dad doesn't notice because we're all black. We all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, how many have you got now then? Uh, oh God, now you ask it. Um, so I've got female wise. I think I have about 13, 14 breeding females. I had about eight <laughs> lambs this year. 
just bought a new top there at the weekend. Um, I'm planning on flushing a few of my girls this week, uh, this year. Um, I've got a new one coming up. So it's just, I say I'm going to have this amount for top and time, but come top and time, I could probably guarantee you I will have bought some more. But um, it's they are expensive. They're getting into it. I mean, it's hard to buy good good stock now because they're all very expensive and everybody's looking for the same the same breeding. So um, it just goes to show how popular they actually are. Oh, absolutely. And, and do you do you use them yourself as thermal styers or are you? I, yeah, I've given, um, I've rented out a few to some uh, some of my friends that I've been looking for a top. My uncle, um, he's not used my own tops, but he's used blue textiles over his commercials um, from a friend of mine and they've done really well. He used them on his hogs just for an easier lambing. Um, so yeah, no, they, a lot of people around here are actually starting to pick up and, and use them on commercial stock and it's great to see. Um, so much so that we're going to be doing a blue textile feature in the paper, I'm pretty sure, in the back end of the year, which is going to be a first for us, which is, is really great to see for the society and the breeders. Brilliant. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh, totally. Scottish farmer, everyone, you got to check it out. Um, <laughs> come back and not come back the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned about the, the sort of mainly an arable farm. Uh, you mentioned a fair chunk of permanent pasture and your yeah. mum was more, more stock-based. Uh, yeah. I don't think you actually said, but apart from the blue texels, is, is, have you got a commercial flock at home as well? Uh, well, I had commercial. Uh, when I was younger, we had a lot of cattle. We had, um, I think it was just under, I think it was about 80 cattle we had. I was really young at the time. Limousine cross cattle and it was just breeding fat cattle. Um, but they were... To put it plainly, they were a commodity that we didn't need, as in because we had that much arable ground and it came to harvest time or sowing, we would have to stop what we were doing, regardless of it being great weather, to come home and feed cattle. Um, and it, it was just a halter on on us at our busiest times. So we got rid of the cattle. Um, and, I, and I would like to think, having spoken to Dad about it a few times, that maybe... If me and my brother were a wee bit older at the time, it would have been a different story and they could have kept the cattle, but just it was just the decision we made at the time. So um, that's kind of why I fell on um, the kind of shoulders of my uncle, my mum's side of the family. They are completely um, livestock based. They've got, uh, 100, I think it's about 160 cattle and um, about eight to 900 sheep. And that's kind of where my love for livestock really um, grew from was from my mum's side of the family and um, yeah no I've, I've got to thank them for that and are you quite involved in the arable side as well um, I'm not hugely involved no we have um, well my dad and my brother as I say run it full time I've got a work I'm full time worker as well and my um, my mum's side of the family that I've just mentioned there her brother's oldest too um, her, her, their two boys they're coming down to help at harvest time so no I'm busy enough um, with work <laughs> that I don't really have that much time to help um, but no the boys the boys run the full enterprise here at home so good on them is it is it all your own kit or just bring all our own track yeah yeah we own everything own everything yep 100% ours where is it user based sorry so we're um, about 10 minutes outside of Stirling um, we're just between Falkirk and Stirling um, just in that neck of the woods almost five minutes from the Kincardine Bridge so we're pretty central for for everywhere which is brilliant for us. Yeah no no absolutely and I'm, I'm trying to think this will be coming out July time so it won't, won't quite be harvest time 
we are more more in, in May at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Has yeah. has has fertilizer changes altered oh. much? <laughs> well, <coughs> sorry, apologies for coughing all the time. Um, we ordered. It was December last year when Dad was thinking about ordering fertilizer. Um, and at that time it was sent. I think it was. He said it was about two hundred and ten pound a ton. And at the time he was like, Jesus Christ, I'm not paying two hundred and ten pound a ton for fertilizer. And then after a few conversations with neighbours who um, must have had a crystal ball and could see it coming, had said, oh, I think it could be rising, it could be rising. So he bit the bullet at the time and bought fertiliser in December. And, oh, my God, does he thank himself for doing that now because it is a lot more expensive now. Um, fertiliser's been out and spread, and, yeah, we're up to date. No, good. It's, it's about 760, I think, at the moment. Oh, well, at the time, I, I, who was, <clears> I was speaking to an agronomist a few months ago, and it was up over a £1,000 yeah. a tonne. It was mad. It was bonkers. And that's where you, you've got to feel for a lot of these livestock and arable farmers worried about if they're going to get their cost back after increase. Well, you've got fertiliser, you've got fuel, you've got feeding. It's just endless, isn't it? It is a bit endless. And who was I speaking to? Uh, Crawford, Crawford Niven, Crawford, Crawford's Farming yeah. YouTube, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. R2Cast number 45, you're interested, <laughs> he was talking about, yeah, I've tried to remember all the numbers where I can, um, he was talking about the the price of fertiliser, he was saying, you know, crop prices have went up, but he said mm-hmm. on average it's about two and a half times, maybe maybe 2.3 times, mm-hmm. uh, and fertilizer prices are knocking on four and four and a half times. Yeah. So like this, this it's very easy to look at it and think, oh, but it's in a good place. And you know, for the most part, meat, whether that's lamb, pork, yeah. beef, is also up. But yeah. the the sort of it's, comparison. It's, it's yeah, it's difficult. It's a <clears> difficult one to explain to the general public. For example, I was speaking to some at your show a few weeks ago, who were asking that they'd seen the record price. Um, stock coming through and uh, last weekend I was speaking to other people it showed as well and um, you've got all these record price pedigree stock that are being uh, portrayed on our social media and papers everywhere which is fantastic for the farmers that are getting them but it's so um, not the case across the boards and you're trying to explain look we're really struggling with prices here we've got costs are increasing constantly and there's no guarantee for like they'll take livestock farmers for example that are producing just fat lambs and fat cattle they're going to get those prices back um, at the end of the year um, and it's it's difficult talking to folk that are generally really worried about the position they're going to be in and are they going to have to reduce stock numbers or are they going to have to rethink their system um, yeah it's concerning it's really concerning but yeah, yeah. you just have to say look well if there's increased costs something has to give and you would hope that those prices are matched at the other end of the scale because um, it's not it's not um, viable having all these prices at one end going up and you're not matching that at the other end so um, it's hard it's really hard a, a hard position for farmers to be in right now and let, let's not Brexit as well oh, <laughs> the b words yeah no there's a lot of uncertainty with that as well. It's a shame. There's so much. See, when you think you've just gone over one hurdle, something else pops along. So um, it's difficult, yeah. Oh, yeah, life would be crazy if that wasn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's and, and I should also say, uh, if you're listening, Catherine mentioned earlier, sorry for coughing. I think she coughed once and I've been coughing the whole way. Uh, we we both seem to be ill and none of us really know why or what it is, but um, I was certainly ill over the weekend. You said you've been ill since your show. So oh, yeah, certainly... I totally am. <coughs> Blaming it on your show. <laughs> exactly. It's easy that. And here, if it's COVID, this is over Zoom. And also, if you're listening to this, it was two months ago, so it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> we're still alive we're fine <laughs> well we don't know that at the moment but we won't, we won't. Uh, that's really not something I should joke about um, so from 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 a family farm uh, Catherine did you ever at any point go study or anything like that yeah so um, <laughs> I was schooled at Morrison's Academy in Creef, which is a private school and um, when it came, I, I stayed for the full six years, and then when it came to making a decision as to what I wanted to do, um, a lot of my friends through Young Farmers had been through SRUC, so I'd went to SRUC Edinburgh campus um, and had a look at the courses there, really liked the, ad- uh, the agricultural course that was on offer, I thought it'll give me a kind of broad generalisation of the industry and a wee bit more detailed than what I, I knew at the time um, and it would open a few doors for me in the future. Um, so that's what I did, I went and studied agriculture um, and then <laughs> I, nev- I was never really, cl- had a clear idea even at the end of my time at SRUC <laughs> what I wanted to do which was um, difficult. A lot of people kind of had an idea in their heads what they wanted to go on and do and I was a complete opposite. I had no idea what I wanted to go and do. Um, and it was by complete fluke that one day scrolling through Facebook, I came across an advert um, for the business reporter role under the Scottish farmer. Um, so I thought, well, if I don't get it, it's great interview practice for other jobs, prospective jobs. So I applied for it. Um, and after a few interviews with the publisher, Darren Ken, who's the editor, and Patsy, who's the business editor, um, I was um, invited to join the Scottish Farmer as a business reporter um, on probation for about six months. And then uh, that was, well, it's almost three years I've been working there now, so it's flown by. Unfortunately, all COVID until now. Oh, oh yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> um, people always ask me, well, what's the Highland Show like reporting? I have not reported a Highland Show yet because when I joined... Um, I joined in August, so I just missed the 2019 Highland Show, and then COVID hit for the next few years. We had the showcase, but that was not anything like the normal show, so um, it'll be interesting to see how what, what happens this year. It'll be a full-blown show this year, but um, I'll be stressed, to say the least. You're, you're, you're in for a treat what was two weeks ago. I think. Oh, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Just times 100. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, definitely. Um, uh-huh. And also, if you are at SRUC and listening to this, I don't just sell a Scottish farmer. I also sell SRUC. <laughs> I just think Catherine do it for me. Uh... <laughs> SRUC, it was brilliant. I loved my time in SRUC. It was fantastic. Was that Edinburgh? Was that Edinburgh, Edinburgh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the people were great. It was, it was great going from 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 the high school that I was at, it was a very as, as much as it's located in a village in a town in the country, and um, there wasn't a lot of farmers kids attending high school with me. So um, it was great to finally go to an educational um, organisation that was full of like-minded people um, and that I could actually relate to. And 
I am, I mean, all my best friends to this day are people that I went to SRUC with. Uh, we still keep in touch um, all the time. And it's a brilliant organisation for, for bringing folk together at a younger age. And it opened so many doors for me. Um, it was just by fluke that I didn't really know what I wanted to do at the end of it. But no, having that, having that um, qualification and being able to say you've been, it's been fantastic. So many great memories of SRUC. That whole like-minded ideas. Yeah, Something. it's true though. It's very yeah. true because uh, I find it difficult. Not difficult. I had loads of friends at high school, but I found it difficult. Um, it was really SRUC and Young Farmers that changed um, my social life in terms of mixing with people that were of the same same cut the cloth, so to speak. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, it, like I think both of us are both well not think we're both from farming backgrounds both from farming communities and that's great (laughs) but meeting the folk that are our age and and sort of is oh yeah Uh yeah Yeah. no i completely agree uh was did you have what would that be bill dingwall craig davidson yes bill dingwall peter kettlewell peter yeah (laughs) yeah no all the all the usual ones uh scott um oh my god i can't this is when i'm gonna not be able to remember names or insult somebody by saying the wrong name well, that kind of generation of lectures that was my yeah. did, did <laughs> yeah, you have craig davidson no no i didn't no, no. that no. must have been just before craig started probably uh, yeah well, probably, well bill, yeah. bill and peter have both retired oh well i, I love yeah. bill bill was my favorite Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> bill looked bill just wanted to be one of the young ones <laughs> coming in the night saying <laughs> yes he d- yeah and do you know something really i don't know if impressed me is the word but Bill met me once for about half an hour and he remembers everything about me four years on. And that yeah, I was like, oh, wow, he does know. the same. He does the same with me. Yeah, I met him, I met him at a show. Um and then I was I was went to SRUC. Um I went back to go and give a talk and um met Bill and he could remember meeting me on day one and I cannot remember my first day. So you see, I was that that nervous, but um no, I love Bill. He was fantastic, he's a great lecturer. Nervous was not the issue. I thought it was going to be your first day. I thought it was going to be something more. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, in the years following, I would agree with you, but on the first day, nervous was it? <laughs> oh, I wish I could say that it was nervous for me. Um, the, <laughs> the, the whole, the whole not knowing what you want to do thing. Everyone gets so worked up about it. I mean, I had a master's degree, and I, I tell people this, and they don't believe me. I applied to be Santa Claus at the Buchanan shopping centre yeah, place. Uh-huh. Like, not everyone knows. I had no idea at it's, all. It's <clears throat> a lot of pressure. Like, I, yeah. when I left high school, a lot of my peers were certain, oh, we're going to go and do law, I'm going to go and be a chef, I'm going to go and study this, 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 and this. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and I felt quite a lot of pressure not having an answer or not having... <coughs> path laid out for my life if that made sense and I was only 18 17 18 at the time so it was a lot of pressure to be under to make a decision like that um but I'm really glad I went to SRUC in agriculture the agricultural course gave me a few more years to well I say it gave me a few more years to figure out what I wanted to do but <laughs> I was still in the same position um but I mean uh, I guess it's just by chance and what what will be will be and this is where I am today. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and the, the, you said, you know, 
let's say, even if it doesn't work out of the Scottish Farm, the whole interview technique, I always like to say, you know, that this whole podcast was sort of started for people that didn't know how to get into farming and didn't know what yeah. was involved in farming mm-hmm. and all that. And and taking things like an interview is a great a great thing. I teach CV writing and interview techniques and stuff and and <laughs> at, at work. Yeah. And one thing I tell everyone, and it gives folk a laugh, and maybe it will give you viewers a laugh, um, I, I, can't, I can't believe I've done this. I, I genuinely can't believe I've done this. I went into an interview. <clears throat> I won't say what company with SRUC, uh, way before I did not get the job with them. <laughs> and uh, they said, you know, would you like a glass of water? <laughs> so they passed me the water, or they, they passed me the cup, and they passed me the jug of water. And uh, I started sort of pulling it, and the person was asking me a question. And uh, I was focused on what they were saying, the cup overflowed. And they, or, or the glass overflowed, and they're like, "Oh, Mister Curry, a bit nervous." And I'm like, "No, no, no! I just always give 110 percent like that. No idea what it came from. I've never heard that before. It's not like a brilliant, isn't it? That was very quick witted. I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that was the reason I didn't get the job. I need to steal that from something. <laughs> I don't know what, but I'll nick it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know how you would use that. In case I say something bad in this podcast and I get fired from a job, and the next interview I will be saying that. <laughs> Oh, it didn't work for me. It did not work for me. <laughs> this is a tip not to do. Uh, yeah, well, maybe it'll work for someone else. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, we mentioned your job uh, throughout. Uh, Catherine, could you tell us a bit about your job, what, what it is exactly? and <coughs> Yeah, so my official role <coughs> is a business reporter. Um, and <clears throat> there's, <clears throat> sorry, apologies. There's a lot that kind of come falls under that umbrella. So our main... Our main kind of tasks, we cover every show, every sale um, in Scotland and the north of England, all the big um, agricultural uh, news in the livestock and arable world. Um, features is another aspect, so farm features. Um, it can be That can be anything from dairy, arable, a silage feature, livestock, anything. Um, lifestyle features on businesses. Um, we do currently... Uh, people that have read the paper, breeders and stockmen of our time, focusing on individual um, people in the industry and, and how they got to where they are. So there's a, we, we do cover a lot. Um, and then your bog standard writing up sale reports, prime sales. <coughs> um, so yeah, there, we, we, I cover, we cover quite a lot. And um, it, sound, it sounds like a lot, but when you get into a habit of doing it, um, it's, it's brilliant. And the people you meet through the work has been the biggest. Um, benefit for me. I'm a real, I'm a social butterfly, and to be able to be thrown in the deep end and meet loads of new people, um, socialise with folk at markets or at shows, it's fantastic. I'm just in my element with that. It's it's good fun just doing that stuff, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. You need to be you need to be very forthcoming in the job. Um, not be scared to give somebody a phone and and also be quite challenging. Um, to, to get the answers you're looking for for any controversial stories that we run as well um so you, you have to have a bit of a back a backbone and have your facts ready and and question people almost back them into a corner and, and get the answer you want for the readers because you're ultimately trying to um, accommodate what the readers are wanting to see so um it, it has its challenges but overall I, I love my job i love my job do you have, you mentioned a few different features there, do you have yeah. a favourite thing to work on? Because personally, you know, I mean, this isn't me saying this because the thing's sponsored by the, the <laughs> Scottish Farmer. I never 
ever remember a Scottish farmer not being on our table. Yeah, it's yeah. just always there. And the one thing <clears throat> that I always read is the stocksman of time. I think yeah. that's a brilliant showcase. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Do you have a favourite to work on? Um, so I have, I, I've not done one in a wee while just because we've been that busy, but I run a women in agriculture um, column um, every so often. And that's been fantastic. I've had so many random ladies in agriculture from all walks of life that have been through lots of different uh, career paths, stuff you wouldn't imagine, um, tell their story. And it's a great wee incentive to prove to um, other women or girls, teenage girls, young <coughs> girls that are looking for a path into agriculture. Look, you don't have to be from a farm to to come and do this because there's women out there that have come from um, a normal bog standard city town background that have made their way into agriculture. So it's great to be able to tell that kind of side to it. Um, and in terms of features, because um, I'm from an arable farm, uh, I, I've not really had that much, I, I never had that much input in dairy farming growing up. I mean, we touched base on it through college, um, but nothing very intense. Um, and when I was, when I joined the Scottish Farmer, obviously you had to, you were just thrown in the deep end, you had to learn about it and it, to be able to talk about it. And um, when I remember doing my first dairy feature and I was absolutely terrified because dairy is really technical. Every aspect of dairy farming is extremely technical from feeding, milking, um, AIing and genetics everything it's really intense and I found it quite overwhelming to begin with trying to because you're trying to learn on the job but also tell the farmer's story so it's quite difficult when you're not 100% in the know of of, of the at the, the sector that you're trying to talk about um but now I, I mean dairy farming is one of my favorite features to go and do because I love it it's so interesting I find it really interesting um and they all have the same aims and the same purpose all these dairy farms but I mean they're all running at different scales different setups different um oh it's, it, I just find it really a dairy farming for me is just really interesting and I, and I don't know if it's just because I never came from a dairy farming background I, I'm pretty sure people that come from a dairy farm will totally disagree sometimes and be like oh we wish we were doing something else but um no, I find dairy farming really interesting um, and it's been through my job that's been a really a big benefit I've gotten out of my job is being able to still learn on the job and I'm still learning on the job I mean um I was uh, I did Scott Grass report this week um obviously when this comes out that'll be months ago but um that even that in itself talking about silage um value in silage and stuff like that I find really interesting as well and it's stuff if I wasn't doing what I was doing I probably wouldn't actually learn much about it, if that makes sense um just because we've not got the stock anymore so it's, it's something we never really really talk about but um the dairy yeah the dairy farming is probably something i, I really enjoy writing about dairy farming is sort of the the closest well not the closest it's, it's, it's the main use of sort of precision livestock agriculture yeah, we've got it is yeah whether yeah. it's kamar's estrus detection mm -hmm. or it's robots or it's room and monitoring yeah, boluses uh -huh. you know there's there's so much going on yeah, <clears throat> and yeah. were you at scottgrass um, no, I was at, oh yes, I was at Scott Grass, yeah. yep, um, and it's, it's, 
obviously that's on a farm in Dumfries and the, the farmers dairy base as well um, and um, yeah no it's really interesting I find it I find it quite it, it's it's one of these things where if any of the general public read it um, features on dairy farming they'll probably be blown not blown away but they'll be like oh my god well we didn't realize actually how intense this kind of farming actually is it's not like you're sheep and your uh, beef guys uh, they're running a completely different system um, to the dairy boys so um, even being able to talk to the general public about dairy is something that's it's I find I think I get a kick out of it almost and it's one of those ones that's so easy to be targeted from a welfare perspective oh and that I know. battle and you know Cowspiracy and panorama. This is oh, this is I could I could talk about that for ages, and that's almost where the kind of RET side comes in, and and why I got involved in RET is the education side, because <coughs> um, the dairy the dairy industry is probably gets the main knock from the general public in terms of animal welfare because. It's so easy to look up on YouTube. Dairy, if typing in dairy farming, the first thing that'll come up is a dairy farm in the middle of America or some part of the world that is just nothing like the standards we have here. Um, and and I'm a I'm a huge advocate of um, having agriculture as a core subject in schools um, because it's something that. Obviously, I have the knowledge because of the and the background I was brought up in, but none of the kids that I went to school with had any idea about anything to do with farming. I mean, we've I've been on um, Royal Highland Education Trust run farm tours, and I've been on farm tours with um, teachers and classroom kids, and parents sometimes come on it as well to dairy farms, for example. And it's astounding, people will not understand, it's astounding the little knowledge the adults have of farming. And if that is the standard of knowledge that they have, then it's it's a given that the kids are going to know even less <coughs> and, and or nothing at all. Um, and that's the, that's the scary part to me. Um, and that's where I kind of think farmers, there's an onus on farmers to be proactive in trying to teach the general public about the industry that we're working. I know a lot of people are very closed off and don't want um, the negativity that comes with opening your doors to the general public. But in my opinion, we need to do that in order to, to educate them because if we don't do that, you can't blame them for looking up on YouTube um, random videos and then believe in the first thing that they see because they don't know any they don't know any different and you make i, I do actually plan to interrogate maybe in a bit more depth in a minute or two but yeah. <laughs> on the on the 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 scare to sort of open up the doors to the negativity is is a true fear i'm involved yeah. in it as well and i'm going to quote someone and say their name and i'm sure he'd be happy with me saying it. a guy called alistair love that, that's part of the ayrshire and aaron right mm -hmm. will say there is no better feeling on this planet than being the person bringing those kids onto your farm, <coughs> brighten up. They just well, love oh, it. It's fantastic. Well, we, I'm part of, I'm an ambassador for the Red Fourth Valley District. And uh, two weeks ago, we held our estate day 
So we invite schools to come to a farm and there's different activities set up for the kids. So we had sheep um, husbandry and sheep dogs. We had a wildlife expert there on wildlife crime. We had a forestry guy on woodland management. Um, we had deer, we had uh, uh, the Scottish environmental folk came and did um, a talk on uh, Scottish deer breeds and deer control and butchery and the kids were like sponges they just soaked up all this information and they <coughs> loved it they loved getting out of the classroom and learning practical skills and even the teachers didn't know half the stuff we were telling them about and then I was in I, I went and did a few talks at my <coughs> local primary school last week and even that in itself it's just you get a total buzz out of teaching these kids because they're so enthusiastic they want to learn about stuff like this because it's not a topic that they're familiar with unless they come from a farming background and um it's just great it's really i, I would encourage anybody to get involved with it because it's a fantastic organization for educating <laughs> not even just kids everybody because adults learn just as much as the kids do on all these tours and farm visits and classroom talks no, I, I would I would back you on the telling anyone to get involved. Probably mm. whatever whatever level that involvement is as a volunteer on farm as someone oh, has yeah. to speak as a committee member as whatever. Mm. Um I did join the committee and suddenly I was the vice chair of your show hard, but you know <laughs> <laughs> so I would go as a up through the rags pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Right, we have a new committee member. Would you like to be vice chair? Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> How these things tend to happen. But no, oh, totally. I'm glad to be involved in, but uh, the, <coughs> I said we'd come back to Rhett, what's the point, we're halfway through it, that I did <laughs> um, shout out to Kilpatrick Farm on the Isle of Arran, they've done, I think maybe the Scottish farmer covered this, but it was before COVID, so it would be before your right. time, um, the, they did an open live lambing event, uh-huh. um, and that was just in the shed, a lot of people like we're talking three mm-hmm. figures of people there mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, me and my partner at the time <laughs> you know about that Catherine um, <laughs> let's not embarrass me please <laughs> <laughs> maybe sounds weird to people listening it's not it's 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 uh it it's not matter. me by the way <laughs> yeah 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 exactly so that's, that's how I realized that sound um we, we were in one shed and another two people were in another shed and the other shed was really quiet yeah. we had 23 lambs in two hours right mm-hmm. That was 10 <laughs> twins and a triplet. That triplet at the end was two alive and one dead. And mm-hmm. it was right at the end. There was a hundred folk watching us. <laughs> and and I, I remember th- pulling out this dead lamb. I knew it was dead and sort of saying, shit, we never talked to this. Are we supposed to show this? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the thing. I know. We, Do we talk about dead stock? Uh-huh. And, and the answer should be yes. But at that point, we didn't have a contingency. There's there's so many people watching us. I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what to do. And Kilpatrick Farms kids, that David and Allison's kids, yeah. uh, one of the wee girls, Cara, they're 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 little demons. I love them to bits. But little <laughs> demons. When Wallace is that a dead lamb? Lamb killer, lamb killer, right? Oh no! I am not joking, and I I can't believe this. No, I can believe the kids joined in. There was adults joining in. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but that here, you know, that's a bit of fun. It's a fun story to tell. Yeah. But when I was speaking to those people there, a, a parent of a six-year-old, I would say they would be late thirties, forty, asked me straight in the eye, "Where does lamb come from?" And I'm like, "Shit!" <laughs> you yeah, know, like, that's, 
It's always explaining the birds and the bees, but with animals yeah. to children. Yeah, I know. And you don't know how much they know about stuff like that. And you don't want to sort of offend by going too far. And, and, and I'm and, not in any way laughing at this guy saying that he didn't know this. It's just he didn't know it. And I think that's yeah. something we should be aware of and and, and should should sort of focus on that. You mentioned the state day um, mm -hmm. and tomorrow and the next day, so it's the 25th and 26th of, of May, um, Rhett, Yersher and Aaron are doing an estate day at Dumfries House, so mm -hmm. I can't wait to see how that goes, and it sounds like yours was really successful as well. Oh, so. it was fantastic. <coughs> it was um, brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. Good, good. Um, I just actually still want to jump back just to yeah, Scott Farmer. Yeah. Uh, that you mentioned sort of you need quite a backbone for some of them because there's convert controversial stuff you're talking about. Yeah. Is that mm -hmm. quite tough? I would struggle with that, I think. Yeah, you, it is quite tough. You have to be prepared. You're, you're writing for um, a public newspaper and you're not going to please everybody with some of the things that you come out with. And you'll know about But you have to be prepared to, for, yeah, for criticism, ultimately. And um, it's, it's, it's difficult... I would say in the first year of me working as a journalist um, for the Scottish Farmer, I find it quite tough argue, not arguing, but reasoning with people that didn't agree with an article I'd written about or um, anything, anything really. Um, but ultimately, like I say, you can't please everybody. Um, you're going to get criticism constantly and that's not even just within my job that could be applied to anything um yeah it can be difficult um it's hard to pinpoint an example of that um specifically because we have sometimes we have quite a lot but um no it, it's you just you just grow thick skin and luckily i'm i've i've got a thick skin myself so um i don't find it difficult anymore you just kind of have to explain, look, this is what we wrote about, this is why we wrote it. If you don't like it, then we apologize, but it's what it is. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2 cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, the Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Is it, are you writing an opinion or is that not how it works? No, you have to be unbiased. <laughs> you do have to be unbiased. Um, for example, I'll take the simplest example, farm features. So we do, <clears throat> God knows how many breeds we do farm features based on. And ultimately you're trying to put that breed on a pedestal and highlight why it could be the best of the best, if that makes sense. And you have to remain unbiased whether you're, you you are um, part of that breed or not. Like I am, if I was to write a blue texel feature, just because I have blue texels, I do have to remain unbiased and say, well, these might be the cons of having them and blah, 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 blah. But um, yeah, un mainly you have to be unbiased. But there are times where... Well, you're ultimately you're representing the farming community. If it's a problem that is affecting the farming community, then you're obviously going to be standing up for them. And and there is maybe some um, 
some stories where that'll the rule of being unbiased might might go astray and a wee bit of opinion does sneak in there but um overall on the whole no we are we're we're unbiased when it comes to writing because it's ultimately about somebody else and not not ourselves so the, the blue texel feature you're talking about at the back end of the year isn't going to be blue texels are the best by Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try i'll try maybe have a nicer head and a bit more subtle than that but um maybe along those lines <laughs> um you, you may also mentioned feedback do, do you get a lot of feedback does that happen often Oh, we get a lot of negative feedback. I was going to say, imagine yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously like. Not because I think it's bad, because I think people just never. Oh, well, there's always, to... that's what I'm saying. There's always going to yeah. be something that somebody doesn't agree <clears throat> with or or such and such. But um, it's, you just obviously acknowledge <clears throat> that, acknowledge the complaint, try and resolve it. If it's something like, oh, I've misspelled a name in a report, that's easily fixable. But, um, Oh, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't agree with something that's been mentioned and that just that's a given with any publication really but a misspelled name really matters i mean how many pages in the scottish farmers oh, oh you'd be surprised <laughs> you'd be surprised the littlest the littlest mistakes are the things that people pick up on you must have pretty i remember speaking to claire uh, for those of you listening, we've also had someone else from the Scottish Farmer, now at Jane Craigie Marketing. Yeah. Uh, R2Cast number 18, I think. Um, that's impressive. I'm, I'm impressed myself. Impressive. Um, <laughs> I was going to finish with saying, if that's correct, uh, I, th- I think it is. Um, talking about this, and one thing she mentioned was obviously quite strict deadlines. It's a weekly release. Yeah. Is there is there a day that's like you're like oh god it's today you know well today's Tuesday <clears throat> and Wednesday's a print day so tomorrow will be manic tomorrow's almost like my Friday as and everything comes to a head uh, the paper goes to print a Wednesday night um, everything and we try and get everything away at the latest by seven o'clock ish um, when there's late shows like um, Scott Sheep is next week. Um, and Patsy, my colleague, will be attending that, and she'll try and get something in for the for the week paper. But obviously, it's difficult when there's an event of that scale on the same day as the paper goes to print to get something in just for the readers, because you're ultimately trying to be the first person to report <laughs> on all these things. Um, and once you miss the boat for this week, it's an extra week until it gets out in paper form. It's different because you can get it online, but. Um, yeah, Wednesday's our print day. It's our busiest time um, of the week. So it's kind of when everything comes to a head and, and um, goes 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 to the printers. You must be like a proper rapid paper. <laughs> it's up, up at six o'clock in the morning, ready to get going for the day. Just It, it goes quickly. <laughs> it does, yeah. So you won't be at Scottish Sheep. But no, I, I will be at Scott Sheep. Um, my colleague Patsy will be at Scott Sheep. Um, it's actually going to be a tough, tough week next week. We've got Ken, my editor. Um, well, obviously, by the time this comes out, this will be hopefully long gone in history, but he's really getting his knee done. So he's off this week and a bit of next week. I think I've got a colleague on holiday. Somebody else is off. Patsy's away to Scott Sheep. So there's only going to be maybe two of us trying to get the papers. <laughs> paper to print so next week is going to be a bit um, manic to say the least <coughs> but um, oh it's I'll, I'll work better under stress so we'll be fine we'll be grand no oh, good good some folk are made for it 
I, oh, yeah. I, I have the least stressful job on this planet. <laughs> And I wouldn't manage with another. <laughs> um, Ken, I know you listen sometimes. Uh, I hope your knee is better because I can empathise with you as someone who's had four knee operations. Uh, they're, they're a bugger of a thing. <laughs> yeah, he's up resting now, carrying on with him. <laughs> <laughs> so are you are yous in the office now, Catherine? You... No. Uh, well, wait. <clears throat> we, well, just before COVID, we were in a, an office full-time. Um, and just due to some um to the lease coming to an end on the building we um ended up working from home and because of covid that was um confirmed working from home full time but we have um an office out at canvas lang um and we go try and go out there every tuesday just for a for us all to gather again have a, a meeting on a tuesday it's nice to see each other in person because we're working from home constantly and then we're at shows or sales at the weekend um but I mean, Ken's based in Dumfries, Patsy is in Creef, and Julie's in Bigger. We're all from different parts of the country, so um, it's it's good to see each other the, the one day a week that we get. But I mean, it's travel, travel. It's hours that we could be spent working in a car almost. So that's kind of why we're working at home a, bit, a wee bit more now. Did, did the office used to be? On it used to be in, in Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. Yep. world. Yep. Yep, yep, uh, Renfrew, uh, Renfrew Street. Yeah, no, I thought so, that. Um, yep, that was where <laughs> it used to be, uh, in Glasgow, but um, aye. The one where it is now is next to like a, a sort of factory, isn't it? I can picture the, the head old Scottish <laughs> Yeah, else. that's where the printers are, yep, uh-huh. Oh, that's printers, so, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, no, but that's where the office is as well. Yeah. So out at Campus Lang, yeah, you'll see it on the motorway if you're passing. That's right, yeah, I thought I thought, I thought I'd recognise <laughs> Now you um, know where we are every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've somehow made me sound weird again. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to work out your whereabouts. I was just trying to find you. God, this just is not going Just pop in for a cup of tea on a Tuesday. I'll see us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, before the before the mental Wednesday. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it definitely sounds like you enjoy your job. It's, it's not really... <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I really I thrive in it. Um, and I never, I never had any journalistic background. I was just almost naturally good at English and then I have the social butterfly aspect of my personality where I can go and speak to anybody so it was almost like a nice wee um, combination of attributes that I had to get me the job um, and I really couldn't see me doing anything else now looking back um, it was just complete fluke that the job came up just as I was thinking of looking for something and then getting it um, and here I am today so years down the line it's been flowing in <laughs> no good so it's always good to hear that and we've mentioned shows a few times we'll currently be in july in, in july but we yeah. are actually in may um how many shows have you been to so far this year and how many do you think oh, you'll get? <coughs> is it Kilmore's, um one two three four i think i've been about five or six i've been at six shows um, so far, I've got. I'll be drumming this weekend, um, and then we'll be fully booked. Because from kind of now onwards, there's going to be more than one show every weekend. So a lot of us will be trying to cover as many of those shows as possible. So I'll be kind of fully booked with shows from now until um, about August September time. Um, but I mean, I love it. It's brilliant getting back to shows. It's great seeing folk back to some sort of normality. Um, in regards to getting stock out and and seeing shows in full swing again without any restrictions 
will you find a way over to Aaron Show? Aaron Show, hopefully, hopefully <laughs> we'll be back over to Aaron Show. Yep, we'll make a plan and get over. Now you've said that, I'll need, I'll need to go on the show schedule. Like, right, we need to go to Aaron Show this year. <laughs> good show, good show. And, 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 here, it's a good night after Aaron Show. Um... That was a good night. Oh, don't tell me that. I'm, 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 I don't drink. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> Sorry, yes, no, of course. Silly me. I don't know why my brain went there. Um, People are going to think there's some sort of funny story, but there's not. It's just... <laughs> it's really not. Not at all. Um, it's uh, if, if The good thing about Aaron Show is I hear there's a fantastic person in charge of the mic work on the dog show. Oh, really? Who would that Me. be? <laughs> <laughs> the dog show. Is there a big turnout of dogs at Aaron Show? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds. Most. and. See, that's usually, that's what I've picked up on in the past few shows. The biggest entry numbers at every show has been the dog classes. And do you know the reason that I'm the one in charge of doing the mic stuff? Because I don't like dogs. Oh, <laughs> <that's> the... <laughs> oh that's ironic. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of in the same vein as, you know, I'm vice chair of Red Airshirt. It was kind of, uh-huh. I missed a meeting, so now I'm in charge of that. Uh, oh, I mean, there's, that's there's fair two... enough. That was... Yeah. That was bad crack missing the meeting. <laughs> there's there's two of us, my best mate Daniel and I have done it. We did it the last time the show happened three years ago. I broke my ankle and uh, yeah, it was all good fun. And uh, yeah, so we've been broke back into it again. So <laughs> I haven't even been an Aaron for six months and I'm doing it. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no, show, show season has been so long overdue. <laughs> oh, so long missed overdue. it. See the amount of people that are so... And do you know what? It's the older generation I, I really resi- relate with. Um, they love even even going to sh- to the weekly markets was their social thing yeah, of yeah. the week to go and see their pals um, and to have that stripped from them and not even have the option to do that throughout the past few years really took a, a turn. And I think a lot of people need to remember that um, struggles farmer the isolation struggle that farmers have had over the past few years I know we've been very lucky as an industry to really be untouched by Covid we could still carry on our normal day-to-day jobs but um, (laughs) without the shows and the even just going to the market not having those options has taken its toll on a lot of people Um, and speaking to a few people at the more recent shows over the past few weeks They've just said it's fantastic to get back. Just to sit round, sit outside the beer tent and, and chat to your mates or sit in the cattle lines and have a beer or a cup of tea or and just catch up with people you've not seen in years. And it's the older generation that have really been deprived of that because we always knew we were going to get back to that stage. But it sounds very morbid, but when you're at that mm-hmm. stage in your life, you don't know if you're ever going to get back to that kind of scenario so it's it's been nice seeing them get back into the swing of show season it has been just just to pull you up on something you said earlier you said you don't drink but the two things that were missed most was a pint at the show a beer at the cattle (laughs) (laughs) i'll get slate if any of my friends listen to this and they hear this statement i don't drink i will get absolutely slated for that it's all right i have started a clips uh, channel so i will clip that one Uh, No, no footage of me <laughs> I would then I would probably lose my job. <laughs> no, not at all. It, the, the whole the whole Mart thing's so true. I mean, so it so true. Um, I, I am not one of those people that loves going to market, I'll be honest. Um mm-hmm. but it, it, like you say, it's it's 
it's some people's church on the Sunday, it's some people, whatever. It's it's such it an is. important part of the week. See if you go, oh, <laughs> if I've, if you just go to your local market, my local one is United Auctions in the Cali and Sterling, and even if you go on a Thursday when they do their prime sales, it's the same people every week. Yeah, yeah. And but but that's their that's their weekly outing. They've gone. They might have nothing else in the diary other than going to Yui's prime sale on a Thursday um, to see their pal and sit in a ring for nine ten hours chatting about whatever. But that's what they enjoy doing. And when they never had when they when they never had that option during lockdown, you had to kind of feel for them. Well, what what are they going to do because that was their go-to weekly social thing um and it's it's a lot of the younger generation my my generation don't think about that because oh, we can still drive to each other and go and see each other at um, the pub or or anywhere really but it's a different story for the older generation and um yeah i felt i felt sorry for them <coughs> no i think i think a lot of us did you're right uh, uh a little bit hurt you say the younger generation and say yours and not ours. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. So, ours, ours. <laughs> yeah, when you hit 25 and you have, you're no longer in the 18 to 24 bracket. It's, uh, it's, 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 oh, um, don't. These, all right, okay. I'll, I'll stop offending you. <laughs> these 23-year-olds these just, you know, they, they think us 25-year-olds are old and done and we missed the marks over the... Over oh, the don't. Oh, oh, no. I apologize. Sorry, our generation, I will rephrase that. You can edit it and then put in our generation instead of mine. No, I will not edit it. No, I will not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, obviously quite busy. Uh, you have got Scottish Farmer going on. You've got Rhett. You also have a lot of time for young farmers. Well, I don't yes. know if you've got a lot of time. You managed to do oh, young farmers. Oh, lots of time, yes. Um, I've got a lot of time. Could you tell us, well, how long have you been in that? What Young Farmers Club are you actually in? So in I'm Dave? in Strath Kelvin, well, it's three S, the three S's, which is yes. Sterling, Strath Kelvin and Strath Hendrick Young Farmers Club. Um, and I've been in Young Farmers a good eight, nine years now. Um, I joined in high school. Um, and to put it quite simply, it's completely changed my <coughs> life, I would say. I don't think I'd be in the position I am today if it wasn't for Young Farmers. Um, it's such a great organisation. And, and even though it has some negative connotations when you say it to people that don't actually know what Young Farmers does for young people in terms of just, they just think the drinking aspect of it, um, which in some cases <laughs> you have to agree with. Yeah. But, um, no, Young Farmers is a fantastic organisation. Um, I, I've i been secretary of my club um, through lockdown, which was a challenge in itself. Um, and I'm now vice chairman. I'll be chairman next year um, in the anniversary year for the club, which is just an honour in itself. Um, to be able to give something back to a club that's given me so much is something I'm really proud to even say I'll have accomplished after my chairman year. Um, but it it's a, such a people don't realize how much it does for young people and I I use my, my I use my brother as a perfect example before young farmers my brother was a really timid shy quiet boy and as soon as he was for young farmers just 
pushes you to the fore and it kind of puts you in scenarios that you wouldn't ever think you'd be in and I remember my first Young Farmers event was the club concert and my club is quite renowned for their club concerts being funny and, and, and entertaining um, and in my first year I was told right you're going to be in a few sketches and the first one you're going to do you're going to be a floozy and I didn't know what a floozy was at the age of <laughs> 15 so I went home to mum and I said oh I'm in a sketch what? and she said oh, what are you doing I'm going to be a floozy and she was like do you know what that is and I went no and she went right I think you should just go and go and search up what that means and then when I found out I was I was absolutely gobsmacked I thought there's no way I'm going to do that there's no way I'm going to do that but they forced you to get on with it and and my brother was the same um it just shoved you on a stage and forced you to be confident and and he's a totally different person than what he was when he first joined and so are so many people that have done it but um they offer so many um, great things international pro- travel programs speech making there's stock judging there's really is something for everyone and we've had an astounding amount of members joining the past few years that are not from farming backgrounds um which is fantastic to see that it's actually reaching reaching into the the general public as an organization <coughs> youth organization it's one of the very few youth organizations um that suit everybody and and well, it takes you right up until until your um, into your late twenties, thirties, um, and and that's something you don't really come across very often with a youth organisation, and and everybody mixes, and it's it's a it's a great, <coughs> it's a great organ- I couldn't speak any highly of young farmers than I than I than I have just there. Um, it, it, it's given me a lot. No, good. Uh, you know, I, I think we spoke off camera about this. Uh, yeah, it was off camera, uh, Catherine. I'd never joined until this year. I'm 25. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's lower this day I've, I've joined and <clears throat> I was involved in adding Young Farmers. Yeah, yeah. But fully getting involved. The things that it gives people from oh, 14 to 27 is insane. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. 20, it's 30 if you, you can't join yeah. after 27. Is that right? Mm-hmm. But you can go, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, I probably should have done it earlier. I haven't, fair, but I think I probably should have. Um, the, you said the anniversary. What anniversary is it? So um, for my club, um, it's a club anniversary, so it'll be 20 years. So Sterling, Strathendrick and Strathkelvin were all separate clubs within their own right. And then because they were so close um, in location to each other, they amalgamated and became the three S's 20 years ago. So next year will be the 20th anniversary of the three S's, but it's also special because it'll be 80 years of Strathkelvin, um, one of the, one of the, what was an individual club. So it's going to be a big anniversary for us next year. And we're hoping to have a few um, anniversary events going on um, to give back to our members and our past members, especially. Eight, I mean, I know it's now the three S's, but yeah, Strathkelvin at 80, that must be one of the oldest ones. Crossroads yeah, Strathkelvin yeah, Strath will be one of the oldest <laughs> ones um, in the country. Yep, it's, and, and you wouldn't think it because it's not a map. Well, it is a reasonable area, but um, you wouldn't know about it unless you, because it's now the three S's and everybody thinks of <laughs> Stirling or Strathkelvin, it's the three S's. But yeah, 80, it'll be 80 years of Strathkelvin Young Farmers. Um, and Strathkelvin were a great club. I mean, they won... They got best act at the West um, Area Talent Spot as an individual club, and they, they did drama. They did loads of stuff. They were a great club. Um, it was just 
with um, lack of members across all three clubs as an individual um, and because they're in close proximity to each other, it just made sense to amalgamate all three. Um, and, and to be fair, it's, to be, it's benefited because we've got members from all areas now in the one club um, and it's fantastic to see. I mean, that's banks back in the middle of war times 80 years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It, you almost wonder why? <laughs> why did that start there? No, I know you would want, I know, I don't know. Quite interesting, quite interesting. Um, no, here, it, <laughs> when I uh, originally contacted Catherine about being on this, I kind of got in trouble from her because um, she said yes and I did not respond. Uh, and I was. Oh, well, it was a mistake. <laughs> I was not allowed to forget it. Uh, I was not allowed to forget it. Um, and no, it was not a mistake. It was not a mistake at all. Uh, <laughs> accidentally asked you on the podcast. That would be an awkward situation. I do not want this person, but I've asked them what I do. Um, I don't know if you've ever phoned the wrong well, person. No, you didn't even, that's not even what you did. You sent me the, me- the message for somebody else. And then you never responded to me. <laughs> Right, so I might as well just be honest. I've got like a sort of set up message and I changed the name and a little bit to tweak things because I can't <laughs> word write the whole thing every time. I can't word copy the every time. Um, so yes, I have done that on a few occasions. I did send, um, uh, hello Catherine, how are you doing or something like that to the other person. Yeah. I can't remember who it was the same day. Uh-huh. And I just remember you said that to me and I was like, oh my God, I sent it to wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That could have all been avoided. You can unsend a message on Instagram. I did not yeah, know you this. Can. <laughs> I wish I'd known that. Uh, you can, yeah, of course you can. To be fair, um, it's, you, I would, or I would, you a mistake. We're fine. We're even now. Exposed that we'll, 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 um, yeah, even, even. Fair enough. Even, fair enough. Even. Let's go with that. Um, yeah. uh, but you, you mentioned just before we started recording that you're quite nervous being on the other side, <laughs> of it. and uh, yeah. certainly, been, certainly been a very interesting one. It's, I always find it quite inter- quite nerve-wracking interviewing an interviewer because I'm like, oh my God, they're going to judge me. <laughs> well, I was I was the complete opposite. Before this, I was saying to my mother, what, is there anything interesting about my life that I should know about? And he was like, I don't know what you've done. I don't think you're actually very interesting. Oh, I was um, I, Well, I know it put the fear of God into me. I said, I don't know what I'm going to actually talk about. Um, yeah, I actually... I so far. <laughs> Oh, full page, we're grand. We're yeah, exactly. Grand. Everyone's got a full page. The, Everyone's uh, got a full page. Yeah, unless you're one of those people I send the welcome to the R2 cast message that I didn't mean to, then you have yeah. a full page. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. one of those ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do, however, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast, uh, Catherine, I don't imagine if you know, it's sponsored by this oh, Scottish farmer in, in the office just constantly on on the radio. Uh, uh, no, I have, I have listened <laughs> to them, uh-huh. Um, there is two questions that we finish every single one with. One being, where do you see yourself in five years? And two being, uh, if you'd any tips for folk coming into industry. Now, feel free to talk about agriculture, journalism, and even maybe you can talk about young farmers if you want to invite folk to there. Uh, what would they be? What was the first question again? Yeah, no, I, I, I made that one a bit long. Where do you see yourself in five years? And in two minutes, you're going to ask me what was the second question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> in five years? Um, probably still working in the same job that I've got. Um, I don't see myself ever or leaving anytime soon. And I hope, Ken, if you're listening, I hope you'll still have me in five years' time. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, I, I, I hopefully I'll still be in the same position I am today, if um, if not taking on a wee bit more responsibility. Um, in terms of the farm, um, the sheep side of it, hopefully I'll have a wee bit higher numbers in the sheep, um, invest a wee bit more into them. It's difficult to say, uh, um, because five years ago, this time five years ago, I didn't think I'd be in this position <coughs> in terms of involvement in young farmers and involvement with Ray and the job that I've got it's difficult to portray where you're going to be I hope I'm still heavily involved within the industry and have some sort of a voice for um, those that don't have a voice within the industry um, and if obviously if anybody has any ideas for what they think would be a great forthcoming column or article for the paper then you're more than welcome to get in touch but um no hopefully it's still heavily involved in the industry in some capacity um and young farmers i'll still be heavily supporting that even out with being an office bearer hopefully i'll maybe make it into a wee bit more of the west area side of it um the district and regional side of it um because they and it's they do a lot of work in supporting the individual clubs through everything especially recently through covid um, so yeah, it's difficult to pinpoint exactly where I'll be, but hopefully I'll still be in the vicinity somewhere in the background. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very hard question. Really. Yeah, well, now I'm just thinking, <laughs> I ask these questions to all my people, my interviewees, and I'm, th- I'm now rethinking, actually, I don't like being on the opposite end of this, although we have to think of a different question. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one that uh, my favourite answer to hear is <coughs> someone saying doing something similar that they are because yeah. they're all happy doing it. Now, when I filmed with Crawford mm-hmm. in the 45th episode, uh, I said, you know, where would you see yourself in five years? And at the end, I was like, you know, is there anything else you'd quite like to cover sort of thing? And he was like, where do you see yourself in five yeah, years? Yeah, where like, do oh, you no! see yourself? That's a very... I'm going to take a leaf out of Crawford's. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? <laughs> Refer to r cast number 45. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, if you want me to answer it, I can answer it. I mean, the, the, the answer is, is very similar to yours. Not at the mm. Scottish Farmer. I'm still doing oh. it. Uh, I mean, you're more than welcome to join if you want. <laughs> if you're looking for someone that knows nothing about what they're talking about, great. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I love lecturing. I love working with Rhett. And I love doing a podcast. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Fair. If, I've got lo- I've got loads of free time, so I'll probably fit something else in as well. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 good fun at the minute, and, and that's uh, the okay. but, yeah. Um, if you had any tips for folk coming in to to any industry that you're in, what what do you think they'd be? Um, don't. This is uh, whether this will be controversial. Don't listen to every bit of advice that people give you because everybody's going to give you their own personal opinion on what you're doing. Um. I would say speak to the people you trust most in terms of what you're looking to get into. Um, Agriculture is a fantastic industry to get involved in and there are so many um, sectors of it. There's so many, too many to even go through. There are so many sectors of the industry um, and they're all very different to each other. It doesn't have to be farming directly. It can be law it can be law it can be um markets there's literally too many to go through and 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 talk about but um just find uh, work get experience experience is probably your biggest friend that's what i found um 
even if you want to go and get a bit of experience on a farm or go to a different organisation, see what floats your boat, what fits you and, and what you want to do. Um, and just just do what do what you go with your gut. Don't listen to too many people's advice and opinion as to what you should do. Do whatever feels right for yourself. Um, and there there are plenty of people out there that are would happily guide you in each sector. But um, it's just it's a fantastic industry to get involved in. Um, I couldn't I couldn't speak any more highly of it. It's it's I'm really passionate about the agricultural industry and obviously with my job and, and and the background that I come from but um just just do whatever just do whatever makes you happy really yeah can't can't really ask for much more than that good tips yeah, yeah definitely. What, what makes you happy has got to be the main one it's, yeah. it's got to be we, we all sort of chase some, <laughs> at some point that's money or whatever but I think that oh as cliche as it sounds <laughs> it's pointless doing something you're not happy with um it's just what's the point in it in my opinion um, if you're not happy do something about it change it and and find something that does make you happy um i mean you want to get you want to be in a job where <coughs> you don't feel like you're getting up and it's a hassle having to go to your work you want to enjoy your work and feel like you're making a difference or or that's at least what i i like getting out of of my job um so yeah just it's you it's as cliche as it sounds, but you only have one life, so yeah, do whatever makes you happy. You only have one life. <laughs> <laughs> um, that positivity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Can't can't go wrong with you with positivity. You can't. You can not. And it's ah. it's um no it's yeah it's been it's been great sort of here hear your stories, hear your intentions and hear <laughs> your, your uh, advice. Whether they're interesting or not is a different thing, but um, yeah, no, it's been fantastic. Well, I'm really honoured to have been asked. I didn't think I, I met the criteria, if I'm honest. Well, but... <laughs> well how, how long do you think we've spoke for? Oh, I don't know, actually. I don't know. Well, it's, it's, a, it's an hour and a quarter. And an it, hour and a quarter it, since, it, oh, since the get-go or since the, for the interview? No, since we hit record. Oh, really? Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's... It, it flies by. It's, it does it's, fly by. And and it fly flew by for me. So obviously it was it was quite interesting. <laughs> and it, yeah, it was interesting. It's, I've been rambling um, on though. I, I'm a talker. <laughs> a podcast would be pretty boring without that. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe one day I should just film one for an hour. Me just sitting here like. Just yeah, just <laughs> just just a face. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but I don't think I'll go down well. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm not no. saying anything. <laughs> There's been enough offence tonight. Uh, uh, enough offence, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, very good. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed yourself um, certainly as much as I have. Good fun to have you on. Uh, and yeah, next week um, for you viewers is number 50. And I just want to do a quick little thank you to everyone that's listened, to everyone that's sort of whatever, certainly in May time at the minute, as you know, I sort of film things ahead. We are, I think yesterday we hit 50,000 views on the podcast, um, having hit 10,000 four weeks ago. So it's oh, been, wow. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah it's, been, it's been pretty insane. Uh, I don't really know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of blew up and thought I'd strike well, Aaron's hot and hire a publisher. So I, 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 I'm not a publisher, a promoter, and it's, it's went really well. So thank you very much to everyone that listens, uh, and we shall see you 
next week for number 50. And thank you very much to yourself, Catherine, for coming on. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it. Another R2 cast finished, another agricultural mind opened up. And I would just like to say that getting these guests on board uh, does take time uh, and it always has done, but I've now went weekly and with that comes even more time required. And I would just like to finally thank once more the Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.